On April 16, 2016, President Obama signed the Medicare Access and Chip Reauthorization Act of 2015, also known as MACRA. This law repealed the Sustainable Growth Rate, or SGR, and its fee-for-service payment system, which had controlled how Medicare paid physicians and other clinicians. ASN is working to influence the implementation of the new physician's payment system, which brings many changes. My name is Jessica Stevens, and this podcast is the first in a series that aims to explore just what MACRA is and what it means for all of us. I am here today with Rachel Meyer, ASN's Associate Director of Policy and Government Affairs, who hopes to shed some light on the subject and make the complexities of MACRA a little more digestible for all of us. Thank you for joining us today, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Jesse. How did MACRA come about and why? Great question. So last year, Congress passed a new law that repealed the old physician payment system known as the Sustainable Growth Rate, or SGR. And that system had a number of challenges with it. It was based on a flawed formula that called for draconian physician pay cuts on an annual basis. So that created a lot of uncertainty for doctors who wanted to practice in the Medicare program. And it also created a lot of distractions for policymakers here in Washington, D.C., who could have been solving other health policy challenges. The sustainable growth rate also really emphasized volume of services over delivering the best quality of services or value. And I think the last change that the repeal of the sustainable growth rate really aimed to fix was the administrative burden associated with that program. There were just sort of a proliferation of various reporting programs that assessed different aspects of care that created a lot of paperwork and headaches for physicians that didn't let them focus on what's best for patients. Great. So what is the proposed rule that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services issued? So the proposed rule was 962 pages of how Medicare plans to implement this law. Once Congress's work is done and has enacted a new bill, it then falls to Medicare to actually figure out how to go about making everything that Congress wants to happen, happen. So this April, they released a long series of proposals to enact their interpretation of Congress's goals. ASN and more than a thousand other stakeholders provided comment and input to Medicare, emphasizing from our perspective what we think is most important to make it possible for nephrologists to succeed in the new payment system and deliver the highest quality of care for their patients. Medicare will then spend a couple months reviewing all of those comments and issue a final rule, one that we hope takes into account many of our recommendations, and the program will be implemented based on that final rule. So what would you say are the benefits and the goals of the new payment system? So I think the number one objective of the new payment system, other than providing certainty to physicians who take care of patients in the Medicare program, is really to shift the focus of physician payment from the volume of services to delivering optimal quality of care and the best value for the services that Medicare is purchasing. Emphasizing things such as care coordination, integrated care, you know, looking at all of the different issues that a single patient may have with a more holistic picture, as opposed to sort of picking off many different challenges or comorbidities that an individual patient may be facing, and moving towards a more comprehensive model of delivering care as well as being reimbursed for the care that you deliver. I think the last point that I would make about the new system is that the law that Congress passed 
formally sunsets three of those programs that I mentioned existed under the old system and rolls them up all into one program. So although many of the same elements that Medicare will be looking at as far as physicians' performance and practice remain the same, the reporting burden should be much less confusing and burdensome for physicians, allowing them to focus their time on things that are more important to their patients. So what are some of the different ways that someone can participate in the new system? The best way for most clinicians to think about participation in the new payment system is that at this point in time, there are essentially two tracks. The vast majority of physicians are likely to be in the first track. That track is called MIPS. It's short for the Merit-Based Incentive Payment Program, but you can just think of it as MIPS. And the MIPS program looks at four aspects of physician's practice. It looks at quality measures. It looks at whether that physician is participating in clinical practice improvement activities. It also looks at use of electronic health records and finally assesses uh, resource use. And depending on how clinicians score on those four areas rolled up into one lump sum, they will have the opportunity to be rewarded for delivering better quality of care. And that's an option that didn't exist in the old payment system. So the opportunity for benefit is something new and something positive. On the flip side, physicians who are not delivering as high a quality of care will potentially be open to seeing slight decreases in their overall payments from the Medicare system. Starting in the first year of the program, 4% up or down would be the max or minimum within the MIPS program. However, CMS does anticipate ratcheting that up so that people who deliver the best care will get more and the people who are not delivering the best care will face some risk moving forward. So that's the first track of the program, MIPS. It's where most people can plan to participate for the first year, you know, foreseeable future couple of years of the program. For the few clinicians who won't be participating in MIPS, won't be participating because they're in the other track was an advanced alternative payment model. And an advanced alternative payment model is essentially a model that is being tested through the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation to try to deliver higher quality care while saving money or at least not increasing the cost of care. And the catch here is that these models also have to assume a significant level of financial risk in order to count as an alternative payment model. So while not many of these exist at the present time, we do anticipate and are advocating that CMS will create options for many of these other models to flourish in the future, given that they are designed to do a better job of delivering comprehensive, integrated, and coordinated care for patients, which should deliver better outcomes and reduce costs. So ASN recently released their comments about the proposed rule. Can you tell us a little bit more about what ASN hopes to see in the final rule? Absolutely, Jesse. I think the first thing to really emphasize is that ASN is strongly supportive of the new payment system in general and the shift away from the sustainable growth rate. It offers a number of benefits to clinicians and ultimately the society hopes to see this payment system be a big success. So right off the top, one of the most important points that we made to Medicare is that we would like to see them delay the start of data collection for this new program from their proposed date of January 1, 2017, back to more like July of 2017. And this would be important because it would give clinicians and practices more time to understand the content of the final rule and what Medicare anticipates grading them on and you know, ultimately what their payments will be tweaked on. Related, we've also encouraged CMS to invest heavily in education to help clinicians understand the new payment system, 
identify where they best fit in today, where they might want to fit in in the future, and what they need to do to transform their practice to be successful today and moving forward. Of course, ASN also plans to offer a number of educational opportunities and help our members know what from a nephrology-specific perspective they need to succeed. So those were the first two main points. Let's not rush into this and let's make sure that everyone understands it once we do go into it. I think getting a little bit more into the nephrology-specific concerns, you know, obviously the patients that nephrologists and the nephrology care team care for are very vulnerable. They face a number of health issues, typically in addition to their kidney disease, and they're some of the sickest patients out there. And, and we hope that Medicare takes this into account as they're designing the program. Specifically, ASN would like to see and has encouraged CMS to work with the society to ensure that there are adequate nephrology-specific quality measures that really reflect the type of value that nephrologists bring to their patients, serving as kind of the captain of their care and managing all of their various comorbidities. So that's one big goal for the future. Another issue that I think is particularly unique to nephrology is in terms of electronic health record use. Now, the practice of nephrology is very heterogeneous, so often clinicians are practicing and seeing patients in multiple different locations, and those locations may not have the type of certified electronic health records that Medicare hopes doctors will be using, and that's no fault of the nephrologist. So we're encouraging Medicare to recognize that fact and provide more latitude and flexibility on the electronic health record use front. And in general, I think in all of the various aspects that Medicare is looking to assess physician performance and value on, our message has been don't set the bar too high right out of the gate in terms of reporting requirements and in terms of the expectations for clinicians. You also mentioned a second track, advanced alternative payment models. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Just to recap, an advanced alternative payment model is a model that aims to improve specific aspects of care while not increasing or in fact decreasing the cost of care. And they also take on a more than nominal amount of financial risk in order to qualify as such. And ASN's primary message about advanced alternative payment models is that the society strongly supports the goals of those models, moving towards more coordinated care that emphasizes value over volume. At present, there are only a small handful of models that the Innovation Center is testing that would actually count as this advanced alternative payment model. And ASN is really encouraging Medicare to um, think about setting the criteria so that more advanced alternative payment models can exist and flourish, giving as many possible clinicians, as many possible pathways uh, to participate and to succeed in the new payment system. Now importantly, one of the advanced alternative payment model types that CMS proposed would count is in fact the large dialysis organization track of the ESCO program, which is terrific news for nephrology. And in addition, because the Innovation Center has recently proposed an option for these small dialysis organizations who are participating in the ESCO program to take on a little bit more risk, ASN believes that those small dialysis organizations should also be able to count as an advanced alternative payment model, thereby creating more opportunities for nephrologists to really participate in the future of care delivery. Looking ahead, the society is also encouraging CMS to double down on MACRA's call to create physician-focused payment models. These would be new models that Medicare and the Innovation Center are testing that look at ways for a physician-led initiative to deliver better care at lower cost. And the society is very interested 
and has shared some preliminary ideas with Medicare about what some nephrologist-centric models that cover the span of advanced kidney care, all the way from late-stage CKD through kidney failure and the various renal replacement therapies that are available to patients, whether that's preemptive transplantation, dialysis, um, home dialysis, transplantation, conservative care, moving all the way through end of life. MACRA presents a number of opportunities to move nephrology care into the 21st century, and the society is working hard to take advantage of those. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today, and we look forward to seeing what the final rule comes out with and what physicians and clinicians can look forward to. As do we. Thanks, Jesse. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.